Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's BudPod138. 138. It's a, a bumpy plate. A bumpy plate. A, a horrible bumpy plate. Imagine if you had a, <laughs> you, if you were eating on a plate and had bumps. That'd be horrible. That is actually... Um, yeah, and they, imagine they were like... They weren't like enormous bumps that make you think, oh, maybe this is like a kind of clever way of, um, you know, dividing the dish or just like a bit... Just a kind of bumpy, just like a badly made plate. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean... It, it would actually have more grip. The plate would have better grip on your onto your food. The food would be less likely to slip about slip around. Oh, see, I'm imagining bumps that are like like irregular, like you know, one or two inch in, in diameter. One, one or two inch in diameter. I, I sort of am as well, but I, I guess. Yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have that much of a grip benefit. It would be more unpleasant than convenient. Imagine trying, to, plate. imagine trying to cut up a steak on a bumpy plate. <laughs> That's actually a horrible idea. And then, <clears throat> yeah, you stick the knife down and you drag it towards <laughs> you. And, and it's going over ridges and into valleys. And yes. Horrible. Ooh. And you're like, is that bone? Is that a piece of bone? <laughs> oh, no, it's my bumpy plate. It's my bumpy plate. And all, like, anything a bit liquidy would be sort of endlessly channeled through the valley. <laughs> yeah, rivulets of gravy. <laughs> it'd be a nightmare for you. It'd just compound your already intense hate of um, uh, liquid foods. Yes. My, liquid on food. Yeah, my, un- my, my hatred for what I'm going to call uncontrolled wetness. <laughs> uh, also the title of my debut porno. Yeah, yes, yes, um, which of course promises the least controlled wetness ever. <laughs> yeah, the the runners aren't even allowed to mop up from previous takes. No, that, that's part of it. It's a kind of like cinema verite. You can see um, yeah. the layers of work that go into producing it. So in some ways, it's actually quite artistic. It's a continuity nightmare, of course, because... <laughs> Layers of wetness sort of pop in and out, but that's just part and parcel of the form. Yeah, yeah. Coffee cups disappearing and coming back. <laughs> um, speaking of lo-fi, I apologise to any uh, pod buds listening for my quality. This week, I am on the road again. Mm. I'm in Belfast. Belfast. I'm in Belfast, and. Can are you allowed to say why you're in Belfast? Yes, I can. I'm. 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 I participated in Celebrity Mastermind. 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 Only the most masterful minds of the most celebrated celebrities are allowed to partake. Who will be the most celebrated mind? <laughs> um, I'm not allowed to say how it went. Yeah, for understandable reasons. But um, 
it was an interesting experience. It felt a lot like uh, going to an exam mm. for me. Uh, I felt like a nerd. I was the only one who turned up with his own notes. Oh wow! <laughs> I felt like I, I, I felt like I was supposed to bring um, my pens and calculators in a clear case. Oh yeah, clear case. Yes, you remember that the clear case. Make sure you weren't bringing a bomb in or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> bringing a bomb into your geography exam. Um, but yeah, so it, it films here in, in Belfast, Belfast, and it's a lovely town actually. Belfast. I've only been here once before, years ago, to perform a, quite a scary gig at the Empire Theatre. Ah, I know the gig. But, yeah, um, yes, it's infamous. But you know, when you're not uh, here to perform in front of angry drunk men, it's a quite a nice visit. It's quite a nice town. Yeah. Uh, I like the Northern Irish accent, although it is, and I know it's a cliche, it is imbued with an inescapable hmm, tension. There, there's something... Like today when I woke up and went down to have hotel breakfast, even when the guy took my room number, I felt like, well, should I tell you? I felt like he was like, "What's your room number?" And I was like, "Oh, um, why? Who are you going to tell?" Uh, and he was like, and then when he got it, he's like, "Come with me to take me to the breakfast room." But the way he said it, "Come with me," I, I, I almost expected him to say after that, "Were you followed?" I expected him to ask me, "Did you come alone?" <laughs> Uh, that would, they're nice. That would be quite a funny, if if a bit obvious sketch where you go down and then in the in the breakfast room it's just like a normal like loads of like you know pensioners and like families and people who are going to weddings and the usual crowd you see at a breakfast room in a in a hotel but they're all wearing balaclavas, <laughs> just just popping bits of a fry up through the little mouth hole. Mmm, <laughs> mmm, nice. Could we have some tea more or toast, coffee? please? Tea, please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also think I, uh, I I've been to Belfast. I think I think three times, and I enjoyed every time. And but I agree, there is it, I. It's not so much menace as like I can tell there's stuff going on that I'm not picking up on, or I get the impression there is. What just like out on the street? Or just yeah. behind closed doors. Or like I, I know for a fact that there's all this like fucking secret code stuff that people have if they're actually from there, right? Like, oh if, really? Oh like yeah. Slime. If you ever hang out with an actual Northern Irish person, especially in Northern Ireland, they can be like, you know, you see him. He's he's from the Catholic part of Belfast, and you'd be like, why? What? How do you know that? And they'd be like, his shoelaces are right to left. It's always some <laughs> some minor fucking. <laughs> Or like the way you pronounce certain like letters of the alphabet, apparently, or like some certain oh. words, they just go, "Oh, he's Catholic, he's Protestant, or he's this, he's that," or they all can see stuff I can't see because I'm not I'm not used to it. Wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to be in it to, to get it, I guess. It's man, it's, it, and it's unnerving because it's 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 a version of what happens in films where like, you know, professor professor main character gets sent to like um, poorly defined swirling Middle Eastern marketplace. Mm-hmm. And he can't tell whether the guy who's going come come with me is like a scam artist or a mugger or really does have the amulet, you know. Yeah, it's that. But everyone's yeah. white and they're speaking English, so it's doubly sort of like, hang on a minute, I should understand all of this, and yet, <laughs> and yet, and yet, I just don't know the social codes or the cues or 
or whatever. Yes, exactly. You're, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I, 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 I was handed a, a ten pound note. Yeah. Mm. Because I'm doing okay, Pierre. I'm doing quite well. <laughs> I was handed a ten pound. I was handed a ten pound note. <laughs> and I'd never seen. Well, of course, the, the the new bills as well, the gut ones, the new plastic ones that we have. Oh yeah. Um, but it's a Northern Irish ten pound note. Because of course, Northern Ireland is in the UK, but it they I didn't uh, they have their own notes like Scotland do. Yes. And it said, uh, the, it said, you know, pound sign 10. And then a picture of a guy with hair like Einstein. Like, yeah. And you're like, who is that? I guess they're famous in Northern Ireland. And, but like a cartoon drawing of this guy with just this mad frizzy hair. And then on the top, it said Bank of Ireland. And it just looked like the, a 10 pound note with the pound symbol 10. And then Bank of Ireland at the top. It looked like, it looked like Pro Evolution Soccer had made a 10 pound note. <laughs> it was like someone, it was like, it was like a fake 10 pound note someone made in like China. Cause and they don't quite know what the UK is. Cause they put 10 pounds, but then the bank of Ireland at the top. <laughs> or like, um, some prop, some, some, some money from an American thing where they've just gone like prop, the prop department have just been told to make some European money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it should be like ten pounds, Bank of Ireland, and then the guy with frizzy hair's got like a Turkish fez on. <laughs> you know, you're, yeah, you're, you're Europe money. And then the music that you hear over it is oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and, uh, and but then like in a sort of accordions. You just cover the every most, possible base. The most foreign shot in movie history. <laughs> oh. 10 pounds bank of ireland (laughs) (laughs) um and did is there an explanation i mean i presumably it's it's like an old thing where like it's still technically the bank of ireland from like hundreds of years ago or something or oh i didn't i didn't find out you know i mean in order for a bank to print the money it has to be an existing bank right it has to be the the central bank Mm-hmm. But then the Bank of Ireland sounds like it'd be the central bank of the Republic of Ireland. It does sound like that. Is it? Maybe it's like just to keep everyone happy. Yeah, it's one of those weird, you know, compromises. Maybe it's like. I wonder if it was in it was it was in the Good Friday Agreement. Yeah. That they'd have ten pounds, but they'd write Bank of Ireland on the top. Yeah. So that if you're a unionist, you go ah ten pounds that, and you're a little annoyed. But then. <laughs> If you're a Republican, you go, 10 pounds? What? Oh, at least we printed it. <laughs> and, you know, another day another day of peace. <laughs> yeah. Another of, one of Blair's masterstrokes. The Bank of <laughs> Ireland 10 pound note. <laughs> I'm going to look this up. I want to know who this guy was. Oh, okay. Northern Irish 10 pound note. What do you, what do you think? He will have been like, mm, he would have just been like a prominent politician from the 1800s or something, right? I I don't know. I'm going to say, because they they don't, like, that's quite controversial, right? Even like literally any politician, especially from the 1800s. So I'm going to say like, Oh, good, good call. Like politically a bit more neutral stuff, poet, architect, you know? Yeah, I think you've got it with poet. You've got it with poet. He, no, he had like, he had a poet's collar on. I think you've got it with poet. A poet's collar, you say? You know, that kind of collar where you're like, oh, Robbie Burns would wear that. 
There's a kind of collar that they're always wearing in like paintings of, I don't know, Samuel Pepys or whatever. (laughs) I'm looking at it and it's kind of like a Medusa guy. Is that who you mean? That's right, yeah. His locks are snake-like, serpentine. It looks like a carving from like a Roman grave or something, an ancient Roman thing. Mm. It doesn't look like an actual guy. Yeah, it looks a bit like that Minerva carving that's in those palm reading machines. Yes, and it's the old Bushmills Distillery is the building. Um, ah. it, it looks like it's just a guy. It doesn't look like it's anything, or at least it's not telling me on the website. Interesting. Is it just like the, the unknown Irishman? Like it's the head of Medusa. Canvas? It is the head of Medusa. Oh, it's actually the head of Medusa. Apparently, yeah, that's what it says. Huh. Wow. That's when you know they couldn't come to a compromise about who to put on it. <laughs> like, we want our guy. We want our guy. Look. Uh, what? Let's just put on Medusa. That is equally foreign to all of us. Medusa? Fine, Medusa. Medusa's pretty cool. Yeah. I have no gripes with Medusa. <laughs> We're just going to put on a, a, a monster. <laughs> and you can decide. If you think it's good or not. Look, if you can't come to an agreement on this, it's going to be Pennywise the Clown from it. All right? <laughs> what would be the most neutral person just to put on all the Northern Irish banknotes? Just Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's Jewish American, not Irish American. So that's, that's neutral. Yeah. As far as the Irish are concerned, right? Yeah, yeah, well, that's true. He is American, though, so maybe it, maybe it would be best just to put on like um, just Confucius. Confu- yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just Confucius, then, and that's it. Does Belfast have? I feel like Belfast has a a strong Chinese community. Oh maybe yeah, it does. does as well. But because I looked up, and this is because I'm a caricature for lunch today, I just typed into Google Maps Chinese restaurant, and. <laughs> You know what? A lot more red pins came up than I, I expected. Yeah, yeah. Belfast, it's, it's, it seems to be like the main immigrant community in not only in Northern Ireland, but I think Ireland generally. Yes. I think. We won it. We won it. We won it. I'm going to look at, yeah, I, Ireland my, minorities. Because you don't often hear about people moving to Ireland, do you? No, it's very much uh, a moving from kind of country. Yeah, famously. one way. It's one of those, like, the, the Irish uh, diaspora is larger than the Irish population, right? Yes, yeah, by, by like, quite a long way. And I guess you could say, you know, I mean, if, yeah, I guess Israel is the, similar, right? Israel would be the same. Yes. Are they the only two? Well, Israel. Well, it's. Well, it depends on. I mean, how you I def- mean, obviously, like, yeah, exactly. Historically speaking, is not the same. But I mean, as far as sort of a whole, you know, a people's nation goes. Well, it's a. It depends though, because it in it. the difference is that, like, the majority of Jew, Jews worldwide don't say that they're Israeli, whereas all the Irish Americans say, "I'm Irish." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not, so it's, not it it's not analogous, really. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of another large American diaspora. American diaspora. Um, oh, uh, what, like Polish and German. Mm. 
You never, no one in America ever says they're English, do they? No, it's rare. Sometimes if, if like they have to talk about their grandparents or great grandparents, they go, they were English, but they never say, I'm English. Let's go to an English pub. It's weird, isn't it? Because there's, I mean, statistically, they, they, they kind of, a lot more of them should, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe maybe there's so many English descendant Americans that it's not even worth mentioning. Like it's too obvious. Yeah. They're more likely to say Scottish or Irish or even Welsh sometimes. That's that's a rare thing, isn't it? Where you, you discover some Americans who are like really into their Welsh identity. That's a real pleasure, I think. A real pleasure? Yeah, I Bless love that. you. It's a pleasure for my. It's a pleasure to hear of your Welsh ancestry. I find that a real pleasure because I know that they aren't getting any fucking credit for it at all. The Welsh? No, the person. In America, it's cool to be Irish or Scottish. You get a kilt, you get to pop around on St. Patrick's Day, you can go Okai the New or whatever. You but, get nothing for, for for being Welsh. What's the marketing for the Welsh in America? You got Tom Jones and kind of Michael Sheen, but not really. That's it. Catherine Zeta-Jones? Yeah, a bit. But even then, I'd say most of them don't even wouldn't even know where she's from. Like, no one gets their dick sucked in America for saying they're Welsh. Put it that way. <laughs> no one gets their dick sucked for being Welsh in Wales. Yeah, especially not there. <laughs> especially not there. <laughs> That would be outrageous if that worked. Um, yeah, so like whenever any American is like, ah, oh, my Welsh heritage, I always think like, oh, great, that me- you actually really are interested in your own, I don't know, family history, the culture of Wales, the language, whereas if they just go, ha, huh, Irish heritage, what they mean is I live in Boston, or they, I, I support the Celtics, or I like yeah. drinking. They don't mean anything sincere. It's never sincere. Scottish, pretty much the same thing. Um German, they often just mean Oktoberfest. Whereas with Welsh, it's got to be sincere because what else is there in the American culture? Well, when, when, you know, I watched... I was in New York when the Euros finals happened this year. Yes. England versus Italy. And so I went to like a sports bar oh. and watched it. Um, and it was, it, got, it was packed out with Americans with England shirts and Americans with Italian shirts. And so there were some sort of rather quiet English associating americans there um but the italian americans were amazing it was they were like straight out of the sopranos like if <laughs> if an italian player got knocked over they'd be like what are you fucking patura maru what are you come on ref what are you ref some kind of galubanana come patooty pooty and uh, they're throwing in all this like new york italian stuff but shouting about the italy fo- italy football team it was great <laughs> What are you, a Gabagoonu? Oh. <laughs> I always wonder if those words are like words that no one in Italy uses, or if they do it like they use them like a hundred years ago, or like only in Sicily, or what's going on? I mean, a lot of what's in the Sopranos is, is Sicilian um, because they, they take off the final vowel at the end of the words. So instead of Madonna, they say Madon. Interesting. And stuff like that. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's, the, that's the Sicilian connection, is taking off the, the vowel at the end. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's an interesting one, that. Yeah, because, I mean, 
Yeah, that's probably something that Italians get quite annoyed about, where someone's like, hey, like this, and they're basically saying, like, because the, the, it's, like, so Sicilian, it's the equivalent of saying haggis to someone from London, right? Like, it's so specific, the food. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Someone's just like, oh, I'm from London. Like, hey, I love that haggis, you guys, and the bagpipes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had breakfast here in, um, in Belfast, obviously, and um, not a stereotype, but they did have uh, two forms of cooked bread available <laughs> <laughs> next to each other. Nice. But how much potato, Phil? One, one was a potato scone. One was a potato bread. Yep. And the other was a soda bread. Mmm. But I thought, yeah, it was like a white soda bread. I thought soda bread was like a, a brown kind of thing. Yeah, I think it can be both. I, how did you find the potato scone? I think if they're done well, they can be great. Lovely, quite sweet. I mean, it didn't feel good for me. It was like someone had deep fried uh, the bun of a McDonald's burger. A bit nicer than that. A bit crunchier. Yes, I see. I know what you mean. And did the did the a menu um, did the menu call it a full Irish breakfast? Oh, there was no menu, Pierre. It was get to the buffet, bare hands. Take what you can and get out. <laughs> get out. Take what you can and get out. And get out. And di- and what and did you manage? To, did you, and take me through it because you and I have had hotel breakfasts together before. Did you go for sec- like multiple multiple visits? You know. <laughs> yeah, you know me too well. I had I clocked up uh, I clocked up two visits, Pierre. Um, nice. I'm ashamed to say. Uh, but I, it's because I, I, I went heavy on the scrambled eggs on my first visit and left with a, a chunk of scrambled egg to eat. I didn't. I thought, I can't have this nude. It needs to be accompanied. With, <laughs> so I got another triangle of soda bread and another small sausage. Yes. It, 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 those size of uh, hotel breakfast sausages where you can... You can eat the perfect amount of sausage because you can, you, can, um, you can be so precise. They're just that right size of sausage. They're small. So you can just sort of, by increments, eat your way up to the perfect amount of sausage <laughs> in your body. Because when they're very big, proper sausages, like often you'll, you'll want two and a half or one and a half. Or, but with these small hotel sausages, you can have, you can, the, your amount of sausage intake can be comprised of full length sausages, complete integer sausages. <laughs> I think that was the brand, actually, Integer Sausages. Integer Sausages, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get them into Integer Mouth. <laughs> integer Sausages. Put them into your mouth. <laughs> That's threatening again. Put them into your, into your, into your mouth. <laughs> but you'd do it. You would, you would. They're irresistible. <laughs> they don't let you resist. I'm, um... Yes, I, I, it's difficult to get the right amount of, of sausage and it's difficult to get, um, if, you're, if you're not early to it, you don't get the crisp bacon on top, you get the, the wet pink flaps. Mm. Wet, wet, shiny bacon. Shiny, uh, soggy, with floppy. The, yep, with the strips of fat still in like original condition. Still yeah, like <laughs> raw wet fat. Yeah, like steamed to the gelatinousness. <laughs> steamed, yeah. Like boiled fat. Yeah, yes it is. Yeah, it really is. 
yes. healthy steamed bacon fat. Soggy. On, on the reddest, pinkest bacon, but with the texture of like the middle of a steak. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, God. Unfortunately, I do know what you mean. <laughs> soggy, soggy, uh, soggy, floppy, and shiny, three of the least popular dwarves. <laughs> Except for in some quarters, the most popular. Oh, yeah. Slop- <laughs> soggy the dwarf is um he's a problem because he refuses to explain why he's soggy could be perfectly innocent but it could be really horrible it's impossible to know. <laughs> soggy the dwarf <laughs> another another um possible title for your series of pornos <laughs> Um, and are you, uh, are you going to, have you got a sort of plan re the airport? Are we going to get there early and avail ourselves of stuff? Like, are you, are you going to rush through? I like to plan. Oh, well, it's all, it's all like, cause it's a TV production. They don't take any chances. They, they, you know, they book the car for you. They make sure you're in it. They want to know exactly where you are at all times. So they, so yeah, I'm getting picked up at like four or something and then, and then off to the airport. Back tonight, back in time for late dinner, and maybe even a glass of scotch. Nice, very nice. Scotch egg. I like to blend up some scotch egg and just down it as a nightcap. A glass of Scottish eggs. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? Like scotch egg is one of the few examples where it's. I think it feels less offensive to say scotch rather than more. Yes. Yes, what is the problem with scotch anyway? It's what is just, the issue? What's it? It's it's very like Victorian and old fashioned, and it's it's sort of. Um, right. I think it's just associated with speaking contemptuously about Scottish people as if they're this kind of, kind of a subservient, kind of naughty race. Yeah, like it's always. Yeah, I, I mean, hardline Scots, and they exist, believe it or not. <laughs> hardline Scots, they won't even call like. They wouldn't even call Scotch whiskey Scotch. They say it's whiskey. Yes. 
Yes, they're they're part of the a community of Scots who are determined to try and um, uh, uh, portray themselves as as innocent, uh, 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 deeply um, screwed over victims of of imperialism as opposed to active participants. <laughs> yeah. Um, but now Scotch is still it's rude. I mean, if, if you see it in Victorian stuff set in the Victorian times, it's always like some English guy with huge sideburns saying, the thing about the Scotch is that they're too, they're, they love to be cold. They just don't like being indoors. You know, there's always some insane, sure. like Victorian race theory happening directed at Scottish people. Um, but I think it would be, it would feel more pointed at this point to say a Scottish egg. <laughs> uh, would you like a Scottish egg? These are how eggs are had in Scotland, would be the sort of implication of what like you're this. saying. Yeah, they come out covered in sausage meat. <laughs> they, they do terrible things to the chickens to ensure it. They just feed them integer sausages all day. <laughs> <laughs> they feed them integer beaks. <laughs> Until they lay scotch eggs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and people. And then someone's like, "Oh, and do they feed them breadcrumbs as well?" It's like, "Don't be, don't be stupid. That's actually very bad for birds." <laughs> yeah, never do that. Never feed birds bread. It'll, it'll make them inflate. How many decades were we feeding ducks and other birds bread before someone went? You know, this is bad. I mean, it feels like sixty years or something. Also, it's not like the numbers dropped. It's not like there was this great accidental cull of ducks they're all still here are we just like have yeah. we got to the point of civilization where we we literally don't give ducks gluten intolerance is that where we're at like oh no they're fine but they feel a bit bloated they need a yogurt afterwards it's like okay well who cares they're ducks have we hit that point of compassion in our society yeah i with it yeah i think you're was there there didn't seem to be a dip in the duck population or are we just not duck aware enough <laughs> maybe someone just took them flying south for the winter too personally where are you going what did we do <laughs> before their eyes <laughs> dropped to the bread in their hands and they thought i see <laughs> and then shouting after them come back when you come back this it will be different <laughs> we can change there won't be yeah. any more of this. And they're kind of flopping the baguette. <laughs> Throwing it to the ground and then crushing it under the heel of their boot <laughs> into the snow. I didn't know! <laughs> and then they throw it onto the lake in disgust and the birds start pecking it and they go, No! <laughs> Fuck! Uh... I have so much to unlearn! I've literally fucked a duck. <laughs> Fuck a duck. I've literally actually done it. I thought it was a saying, but it's what I was living. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. I, I, I understand where fuck a duck comes from, because it rhymes. Fuck a duck. Yeah. But where does Christ on the bike come from? Christ on a bike. <laughs> where does it come from? Why? Why a bike? <laughs> I suppose um, on a bike, he'd be even more shocking. Uh, mm, mm, yeah, I guess so. 
I suppose. Yeah, yeah I suppose. <laughs> I suppose. I suppose you're already sort of thinking, "Oh my God, that's he's he's back," and then he's risen. He's risen, but then on a bike you think he's risen and and he's been busy. He's risen and he's rad. <laughs> Is he doing like BMX tricks and like? <laughs> <laughs> he cycles on water. On the... Yeah, nice. <laughs> yes. I suppose he'd have to. Yeah, he'd be he'd be he'd be doing doing sweet kick flips off waves and stuff. Um, you, you know what? Um, you know you know being quite into wine as I am now. Yeah. Um, it's gone so bad that I generally from time to time think, you know, when Jesus turned water into wine, do you think it was any good? What wine? Yeah. Like, what do you think? What wine do you think it was? Was it full bodied? Was it a Bordeaux blend? Was it old vine? I guess, presumably. Yes, Old Testament vine. Old Testament vine. That's a good point. It's the. Well, actually, you know what? Isn't there that thing where he turns the water into wine because it's at the wedding party and the guy didn't have enough wine or something? Yeah, one of Jesus's more fun miracles. Yeah, very and actually trivial, pretty trivial, like someone's wedding. He just thought this wedding's a bit lame. No, because no, it's because they ran out of wine and it was going to be a big problem. <laughs> yeah, but sort of like compared to the lepers, it it just seems a little less pressing. It was, it, I can't remember the full context, but the point is that there is a feedback on the wine in the story. Oh, is there? Yes, because the guests say to the host, "You're, you know, whatever. You're brilliant, or whatever," because he brings up the the magic wine and everyone drinks it. And he says, oh, most hosts say give you the best wine first and then they give you plonk after you're drunk because you don't notice. But you've saved this amazing stuff to last. Right. Interesting. So it's good. Well, even then, people people were using good wine first and bad wine later. Even then. It's a, in a tale as old as time. I've, I genuinely never felt so connected to the Bible as I do in this moment. So it's literally the oldest trick in the book, except the book is the Bible. Ah, it is the oldest. You know, we, we like to think that we've progressed so much in these millennia, but really we're the same people. That freaks yeah. me out sometimes when I go, oh, fuck, we're actually we the same people. <laughs> it's horrifying, isn't it? And in fact, you know, there's another, just, another Bible quote. We just, from, we just, from... we just written less down. That's yeah. the only difference. We'd lit, written less down. It's, um, King Solomon, there's nothing new under the sun, Phil. Yes, but at night, all kinds come out to play. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a very like um, <laughs> a kind of nominally like that's like a guy from three hundred years ago who's trying to sort of be get, imply that he runs some sort of um, you know orgy club or something. <laughs> King Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun, but when the sun is gone, all sorts of novelties emerge, pleasures of the night. <laughs> King Solomon should have stayed up later. I recently found out that one of my favorite sayings, which is, this too shall pass, was... Uh... It's from a Hebrew story or an old Jewish story about, um, oh, I can't remember now, but it's something to the effect of a king asked 
uh, a jeweler to create something that would make a sad man happy and a happy man sad, a sick man well and a well man sick. And he went away and he just inscribed a bracelet that said, this too shall pass. That sounds to that about effect. right, yeah. Yeah. And this too shall pass, it's just, it, 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 it works so well. Every time I feel bad now, I'm like, oh, but in a while it won't be bad. And it always, it always works out that way. It's, it's, um, it's a shame, isn't it, that so many of the wisest things sound obvious and stupid when you're young. Yeah, you're like, oh, shut up, Dad. Yeah, I know things end, Dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you grow up and you go, oh, why is this finished? <laughs> Will this ever end? <laughs> uh, and... Yeah, but there's, there's some good stuff in them books. There's also some fucking crackers stuff that you mustn't pay any attention to. But <laughs> there's, there's also some good stuff. Your, your use of the word mustn't is really fun there. <laughs> you really mustn't listen to this. <laughs> like the bit where you have to kill a rival tribe and then circumcise the corpses and leave them in a big pile. Yeah, that that's not as catchy. and I don't live by that edict quite as much as this too shall pass yeah although if you were having to circumcise corpses it would helpful it's helpful to think this this will end (laughs) i won't i won't be circumcising corpses for my whole life this is just something i have to do now Yeah, yeah. And all that stuff about, like, the appropriate punishment for someone who doesn't hold the door open for you is that you enslave their daughter. (laughs) I I reckon, like, (laughs) probably skip that stuff. (laughs) It's also quite funny. You know the whole thing of, like, it's it's pretty airtight. Treat others as you want to be treated, right? Yeah. It's pretty airtight. But what is fun is if if you assume that everyone is already behaving like that, then you can be very rude to rude people because you're like, well, then that's what you want, isn't it? (laughs) <laughs> but you have to start with the the presumption that they are behaving as if they would as as how they'd like to be treated but obviously that's not the case yeah 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 it, it's also like it's a tough one if you are um interacting with a sadomasochist <laughs> yes because either they're gonna enjoy whatever it is but what if what if phil tragically you're a sadomasochist who's not willing to dish it out ah right yeah and you only you want others to do unto you what you won't do unto others <laughs> yes yeah and you want them to do it unto you so hard <laughs> do it unto me <laughs> That's what they say when they're strapped up against the wall. Yeah, and they do it. Do it unto me, unto me. <laughs> they're saying, they're saying, they're trying to emphasize how willing they are to turn the other cheek, so you can hit the other cheek. <laughs> Not yeah, because they so forgive you necessarily, just because they want more. <laughs> Very tough to be a biblical sadomasochist in some senses. Have you read uh, the Saint James, uh, the King James Bible? Um. I I have read a lot of the Bible. I don't. I can't vouch for with where whether or not every time it was a King James version, which I has. Feel like I should just right. Sorry. 
Uh, you know, I think it, which has the most interesting like version of the language. I think. I think a lot of the modern simplified yeah. versions of the Bible are horseshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're pretty nice. I, I feel like I should just sit. Down. It's one of those books. I think you just like. You should just sit down and get through. Although I feel like it will have a bit of a Seinfeld effect, because it is the you know it is the originator of so many. Not well, the King the King James Bible English phrases, yeah. but also sort of narrative. Uh, what's the word? Devices, uh, narrative, cl- devices, and cliches and tropes, mm. um, that you go, oh, this is all a bit hack. But of course, it was the first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true, and also like. Um... I guess, well, I mean, there's interesting stuff like you can just maybe you just do the New Testament. There's a lot of the Old Testament, which is people begatting other people. Yeah, the first, yeah, the first like five pages is just Ancestry.com for Abraham. <laughs> you yes. just have to read his Ancestry.com results for like half an hour. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can find out some interesting stuff like I think of the Gospels two. Um, don't mention virgin birth. Don't mention the virgin birth. That's my favorite scene in Faulty Towers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which doesn't mention virgin birth? I think it's Mark and John. Right. Like of the sort of four gospels that describe the birth of Christ, two of the four don't mention that it was a virgin birth. They don't make a point of it. Oh, interesting. I wonder what gospel they had. <laughs> well, of the of the gospels, they were the ones going like, "If you believe John, <laughs> look, I'm not saying she isn't a virgin, but I'm not going to say she is, if you know what I mean." Uh, which ones uh, is it? Not, where, virgin birth, not mentioned. Um, yeah, there's interesting stuff in it, and like you say, I think you know. Um, oh, here we go. The New Testament. Except for the two accounts of the birth of Jesus in St. Matthew and St. Luke, the New Testament does not mention the virgin birth anywhere. Interesting. Hmm. It's kind of like how in Casablanca he never says, play it again, Sam. Oh, does he not? No, he never says it. It's one of these uh, imagined tropes. And, uh, not imagined tropes, imagined uh, uh, quotes. But yeah, Mary wasn't actually a virgin. Maybe. Maybe. Sorry. Sorry <laughs> if I'm going to be Dan Brown over here. But maybe the Bible's not everything it purports to be. Pump the brakes, Dawkins. <laughs> uh, man, I love Dan Brown. Dan, Dan Brown got me reading, you know. When I was a teenager, I'd read, and I don't, I don't exaggerate, every Dan Brown book really? that he'd published. Every single one. Angels and Demons, The Da Vinci Code, Digital Fortress, uh, the other one. I read them <laughs> all. And this is how much of a D- Dan Brown dork I am. Digital Fortress is the best one. Whoa. That's right. No one talks about it. No one even heard of Digital Whoa. Fortress. But it's actually better than The Da Vinci Code. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, if only... We could see a kind of frozen in time comparison between you now, which I'm going to call fine wine Phil, <laughs> and teenage Phil rocking out to Kid Rock and plowing through Dan Brown. Listening <laughs> to the kid 
and reading the brown, baby. <laughs> the only thing Just I love. Just give me a, a room, a glass of Coca Cola, a good brown, and put on the kid. <laughs> I like I like two things. Illuminati conspiracies that involve the Vatican and songs about the old watering hole. <laughs> Those are the two things I like. <laughs> but you but you know what? And I I, I it's it's uh, I got a bit Schwarzenegger there. I, I, the I can actually chart my progression as a reader. Yeah. Cuz I, I read, I didn't really like books. I certainly didn't like fiction yeah. up until like my teens, really. And then I read Dan Brown and I loved it. And I read, I started reading more books and I graduated from uni having read a lot more, very good books. And I, Dan Brown wrote a new book called The Lost Symbol. And I read five pages and I could not continue. It was unreadable. It was literally the man walked into the room and looked up at the high ceiling <laughs> where the shiny gold imagery made him think of gold. <laughs> and it's just like, what? I couldn't do it. And <laughs> yeah, it, it really, you know. But that's, imp- but that's impressive, isn't it? Because it does mean that like, like it's, it's kind of reassuring in the sense that it's basically proof that like, like, art, like art exists and can be good or bad. Yes, and also that you can sort of, you can work your way up it to an extent, yes. to a degree. Yeah, to a degree, they get to a level where it becomes it's subjective and about taste. But there's also there are also hierarchies of quality, even in something as subjective as art. Yes, yes, I remember. Um, do you do you ever remember? This is niche. Like, I mean, he died, you know, ten, fifteen years ago. There was an art critic called Brian Sewell. Um, I don't, I'm not familiar enough. So he was quite camp and arch and they used to do impressions of him on Dead Ringers, the TV show, and maybe the radio show oh, okay. as well. Um, and he'd sort of speak like this and he was very sort of like, he was incredibly, incredibly like old fashioned in terms of art. Like it was all just like fine art, opera, um, classical music, like portraits, oils, statues, you know, the old school stuff. Mm. And he was very like he was very like um, you know tie waistcoat tweeds sort of thing, very very old fashioned, um, very camp. And he he would say you know all modern art is just trash and fashion you know things like that whatever. But yeah. they tried to do a prank on him and two other art critics for some reality show. I was reading about it the other day, and they painted they got like a monkey or a, a dog or something to just paint a load of nonsense. And they showed it to the to Brian Sewell and these two other like more fashionable art critics, and the other two were like, "Yeah, it's great. The form is really interesting, and I can see what the artist is doing." And Brian Sewell was just like, "Bang on, basically going. There's no humanity in these brushstrokes. They're not driving at anything. It's it's hollow. It's useless and whatever." So oh, like, wow. the prank didn't even work on him. Oh, good, good man. Yeah, <laughs> smashed it. It's like it's like when you watch that uh, that vodka sommelier. Yeah. Yes. 
And it works. And you didn't believe that you could taste the difference between vodka, but this guy was like, this is the good one, this is the bad one. Yeah, I, I find it very reassuring because you do always worry that it's just a mass... Like everything is just someone making it up for themselves and that it's, there's no objectivity in anything to any degree and it's all just like whatever you think. Yeah. Um, but it's nice to have a, an implication every now and then that there is something more solid than that out there. Something less postmodern and make it up yourself. Yeah, something you can grasp, something you can grab a hold of, something you can get your teeth into, Pierre. Get your teeth get into it. Get your teeth into it like an integer bloody sausage. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe we finally come up with a, a new product, a new a consumable product. It's been a long time since we devised Lucky Kentucky, but now we finally have something to wash down with Lucky Kentucky integer sausages. Ah. Oh. And, and and coming soon, integer sausages with a lucky Kentucky glaze. <laughs> oh, wow, of course, delish. <laughs> it's a co-pro. Uh, lucky Kentucky. Uh, gosh. Well, Phil. Well, I'd I better get out. Yeah, you, you've got to um, get out. The country. Out. Well, not the country. The nation. What would you call Northern Ireland? Nation. The devolved territory? Yeah, I'm not sure. But you say the four nations of the UK, don't you? Yeah, but it's because you can... There's the people who are like, oh, well, I'm Irish, but I'm a unionist or whatever. Like, it's a whole thing. Oh, okay. I don't know. Right. Best not to get into it and just to say, it's time to leave the island of Ireland, the bit that is governed <laughs> by the UK. Please, I'm, uh, please let, forgive me. Goodbye. Did you see that guy on Question Time a few months ago when he was like, why don't the people on... Ireland, so you know the people in Northern Ireland, people in the Republic of Ireland, you know they live on the same island of Ireland. Why don't they just combine it to make the I, I one Ireland? <laughs> yes, I and remember. everyone's looking at him like everyone's looking at him like, like, have you been paying attention for the last forty years? And it's like, and this guy, and I, I felt so sorry for him because he just, and of course, you know, to feather him, it, it, you know, if you're born today, you'd be like, well, yeah, why, why not? Why aren't they all just living in some one island? That seems a pretty convenient um, border to draw. But this guy was just like, I don't get it. Why can't they? Why aren't they just one country? <laughs> it's it's, yeah, it's a, amazing to just Philomena kunk yourself like that. <laughs> perfect. So perfect. Uh, uh, um, okay, Smokey. Okay, well, have a safe flight, man. And uh, thank you for listening, Cheers. everyone. Enjoy some integer sausages. Yum, yum, yum. Integers in your mouth. Integer mouths. Bye-bye. Bye. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.